With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bible study. It is time to move into Chapter 18. I'm celebrating. I don't know about you. I'm celebrating. Pigs in the parlor. A Practical Guide to Deliverance. We're on Chapter 18, page 105. You know, some folks don't have a lot of books to their credit when it comes to how many books have you read from cover to cover. But this is one that even if we don't do every chapter, we have dug deep into this book. Chapter 18 says, Should I Be a Deliverance Minister? And we're going to get into a portion of this today. We're going to go through the first, I think, the maybe the first three pages if we get that far. I've got some scriptures that we're going to dig into when we get on page number two um, and three that may take a little bit of time. So we may get to the third page, which is going to be page 108. But let's get into this word. Thank you so much for, again, sharing uh, the email and sharing our Bible study. I post it on our Facebook page. I don't see a lot of shares. If you have a Facebook account, please share our Bible study. It helps folks to get into the word. It helps them to begin to study. Um, and when they study, let me tell you something, you live better when you study and it's meaningful. And um, and when I say it's meaningful, it's something that you're actually participating in. You read and you pray and then you apply. You read, you pray, you apply. And I, and I understand, pray, read, apply. If you're going to do it in order, make sure that you're prayerfully reading through this book. Make sure that you are reading the book. Pray and then read and then apply what you're reading. Let me tell you something. It is life-changing. It is life-changing. And and I can say that about all Scripture, everything that the Lord has told us, it changes your life when you apply it. So, again, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. You are such an awesome God to us. We lift you up and magnify your name for great is our God. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving us a desire to study your word. Thank you, O oh God, for your anointing to teach your word. Now, God, we pray that each and every person on this call would allow this word to sink into the soil of their soul as good seed into good soil. We thank you, dear Lord, for the word. We pray, O oh God, that it will prosper within us in the manifestation of good deeds, in the manifestation of spiritual warriors, in the manifestation of intercessors, in the manifestation of witnesses, that we would witness for you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, dear Lord. Now allow your word to sink deep into our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, let's dig into this word. Uh, we are on page 105. Should I be a deliverance minister? Um, I can't answer it for you. You've got to answer it for yourself. Some people, as um, we're going to read, uh, they have too much going on in their mind. They really should not get into deliverance ministry because uh, doubt will mess you up. If you're a doubtful kind of person, it will mess you up when it comes to uh, deliverance ministry. Why? Because you're going to you're going to uh, doubt what what you're doing. You're going to doubt whether it's happening or not. And the thing uh, when it comes to God, when it comes to ministry, um, you've got to know that I've got a connection with the Father. You've got to know that He loves me and cares for me. He protects me and keeps me. He feeds me. And anything that's coming to me negatively, I know that it is not of God. 
So we're looking at um, uh, the first question that it starts out with, how do you get into deliverance ministry? And uh, he, his answer to that question was, if, if you looked outside on the ground when he was called into this ministry or when he started to get directed to this ministry, he said, if you looked on the ground, you would find furrows made by my toes when I was being dragged into this business. And and many times, even now, I testify often when it comes to me being a pastor, me being in ministry, as long as I've been in ministry, um, and, and this whole walk with the Lord, it's not something sometimes that you go, ooh-wee, yeah, great, that's what I want to do. I want to cast demons out of people, yes. I can't wait until the next person has a demon. I'm going to cast that demon out. I want to fight that demon in the spirit. No, it's not something that we get exuberant about. It's something that uh, many times when God starts to lay it on your heart, you go, wow, really, God? Really, Father? This is what you want me to do? And 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 then sometimes you just, you're, you're like Jonah. I don't know if you read that story. It's only, I think, about four chapters, but... Uh, when God called Jonah to do something, which was to preach to Nineveh, uh, Jonah, as um, what's his name, Mr. Frank uh, Hammond said, he went kicking and screaming. He did not want to go. Matter of fact, he 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 headed to Tarshish. He he was going in another direction, and and I call it kicking and screaming because, again, you find yourself on a boat. Um, and you're supposed to be uh, going to preach a revival to get folks' life changed, and the next thing you know, you you are in a storm because you won't do what God said do. So this is what he's saying. When he got called into this business, he literally went kicking and screaming. He was dragged into this business. In Matthew chapter 9, verse number 38, it says, Jesus tells his followers to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers. Here in the book, in that first paragraph, it says the literal interpretation is that he will thrust or force out workers. Wow, isn't that something? He will force or thrust out workers. Matter of fact, I'm going to look that up uh, real quick. We're going to look at Matthew. got Matthew. We're going to look at 9, and that's verse number 38. I just want to peep at it real quick in, a, in another translation. Uh, in the Living Bible, it talks about, uh, and ask him to recruit more workers for the harvest. Uh, send in the Amplified Version, and then uh, I think what I'm looking for would be here, Maybe in the Message Bible, it says, so confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest. He said to his disciples, how few workers on, yes, how few workers on your knees and pray for the harvest hands. So, again, the interpretation of the, of the original language says to thrust or to force. And as you see, and this is why I like to look, because if that's the interpretation of the original language, then um, none of the translations that we chose uh, when it comes to uh, message, amplified, living, or good news said, gave it any real power or really a grit to that particular meaning, the thrust or force. Matter of fact, it called it recruit. And and in some situations, I guess recruiting can be uh, uh, forceful. So this is what we ought to do as believers when it comes to those who are going to be on the battlefield in this area of deliverance ministry, they will they will um be forced. Those that's what we're praying, that God's hand 
will be upon them and that that hand will literally give them that power, give them that extra energy, that, that push that puts them in a position where they say, you know what, Lord, thank you. And that's where we find ourselves as ministers many times that, no, I can't deny this. God is doing something in my life and, and it's causing me. It's not that, oh, yeah, I just want to do this. I want to spend this uh, much time in self-examination because many times in ministry that's what you find yourself in self-examination. When you find yourself trying to cast a demon out of someone else for the manifestation that you are seeing either evident in their lifestyle or, uh, listen to this, uh, coming out in their testimony. And when you hear their testimony, you find out you're in a position where you're casting out a demon, but the testimony that you heard was something that you're also going through. Wow. <laughs> Here you are casting something out of someone else, and the testimony that you're hearing uh, that, that's proven to this person that there's a manifestation of demonic presence in my life, and here it is that I'm casting them out of you, but I'm finding that that same testimony is coming out of my mouth from the the characteristics and the principles that I'm not applying in my own life. And this is what God did many times. He would use someone who also was flawed, like uh, like Moses who had issues, like David, who had issues but also was used by God to do ministry, okay? So now we look at the scripture um, when it comes to the second paragraph. It says, I was, it says, I'm sorry, it was a thrilling discovery to learn that Jesus is what? The same yesterday and today and forever. And forever. That So, again, this is something that we've, I, I love it when we start to, to, to look at the, the scriptures to see how serious God is about ministry and how he is about demonic presence and those who have evil. Listen, it goes all the way back to the garden. When you go back to the garden again, when the enemy came in and beguiled Eve, and when it was all said and done with that little episode, thank you, Holy Ghost, listen, God starts kicking out demons. He, when you talk about deliverance ministry, he again, devil, you're out of here. And, and, and when you look at Genesis, again, we're made in his image. So when it comes to the place where it says, should I be in deliverance ministry, you better understand that deep down in your DNA, when it comes to your father, your father in heaven, you've got deliverance ministry in you. You've got to listen prayerfully that your ear is tuned to the voice of God, and when it's time to cast out, um, you're not running somewhere else or doing something else that you're casting that demon out. Flip over to page uh, 106. Page 106, we're looking at a uh, second paragraph. And, again, this, um, in the book, it, it maps out some stories of, of different deliverance experiences. And uh, second paragraph, it says here, Then one morning, as I was praying, the Lord told me, that Fred's problem, dealing with the gentleman who had headaches, and, and, and then you ask God, and I'm going to tell you, when it comes to the believer, understanding the relationship they have with God, when you see how intricately God is involved in every situation, and particularly when you have these conversations that we call prayer, when you have these conversations with him, and he starts to reveal to you the core, the root of the issue when it pertains to someone else. 
Listen, you are going to trust him even more. See, that's what's so powerful about being involved in ministry, because when you start to call on God to do godly things, to do things, when I say godly things, it's things pertaining to ministry, things that's pertaining to the salvation of someone else. When you start to call on him and he starts to reveal, you trust him more. When you've never called on him, you don't know how powerful that communication is. You don't take prayer seriously. You don't take it seriously. When when you read scripture and see one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, and you're not willing, this is not on your heart to, to say, guess what? When we get an opportunity to beat the devil up, and I'm talking uh, um, legions of demons, and you don't take it serious enough, God has He's doing something in us when He gave when He gave us His word and said, Listen, this is God breathed. And, and when it's God breathed, it's something God said. This is something that came out of God's mouth. When it came out of God's mouth, it meant something to me. So when he said, hey, if, if I can get you and someone else together, when it comes to the atmosphere of earth, you're going to be more powerful when you get two or three together. So when we get the opportunity to get two and three together, prayer meeting, when we get that opportunity, please don't take that opportunity lightly. The enemy has snuck into the church and minimized, help me, Holy Ghost, minimized prayer meeting. He had, listen, not even the uh, corporate prayer only, but when you get an opportunity, hey, sis, uh, can you pray with me for a moment? Hey, bruh, can you pray with me for a moment? Why? Because the Bible says, this is God breathed, that when you get two or three of you together, I'm going to be in a mist. He says two of you can put more demons to flight than one of you. So get together with your loved one. Get together with your mate. Get together with your family. Get together with the body of Christ and put demons to flight. This is what I said. I, I, I don't know where we're going to get to because when the Holy Ghost lays it on you, you need to share that. He started praying about a particular situation. When you see this person is going through, they're struggling with an addiction. They're struggling with their sexuality. They're struggling with uh, uh, suicidal tendencies. They're struggling with their uh, confidence. They're struggling with esteem, self-esteem issues. When They're struggling with uh, uh, prescription drugs. They're struggling with mental uh, uh, capacity uh, where they're doubting themselves, they're wondering about their future when it comes to their mental capacity. When you see these things and it's and it's apparent to you, thank you that it was not a a a what do you call it discernment. It, you didn't have to discern it. The person came out and told you. When they come out and tell you, this person in the story, they're having headaches. I'm sorry, I can't go. I have a headache. I'm sorry, uh, my head is killing me. I have to go home. Uh, I'm sorry, I would do this, but my head is killing me. Okay, then you started to pray. He got an answer. He said one morning when he was praying, he got an answer. Uh, praying, the Lord told me that Fred's problem was due to an evil spirit. Now watch this. Uh, he starts going through these little statements. Watch this. Had I really heard the voice of God? See, this is what I'm saying about tuning your ear into God. Well, you're not answering these questions, and these are questions that we all ask. At one time or another, you start doubting because what was just told to you in the spirit, you starting to wonder, wow, is that for real? Question number two, how could I share such a revelation with my friends? See, it's, it's not about God. It's about the people. If we can get people off our mind, I, I don't care how he's going to receive it. I got to tell him this because this is what God told me, and I'm confident that God told me this. Number three, watch this, another statement. What would, it, what would he think? Like, who really cares what he thinks? I got the answer to your problem. Here's the medicine. You need to drink more water. You need more rest. If you got the answer, listen, I don't care how you're going to receive it. I'm going to give it to you, and you got to get ready. Watch this. After all, what did I know about demons? Now, at this point, he was a babe in this deliverance ministry, like many of us. And, and when you start to do it, you're not sure, wow, are they going to really look at me as being an expert in this field? I heard a few references to them at a couple of meetings, and I uh, that he had attended, but 
I had never read anything on the subject. Now, he heard references to it, but he never really studied it. And this is why I'm saying, uh, even at Mount Enon, we've got a, a huge library of different books. And, and I'm so desperately, Lord, please help us to get more and more of that material into members' hands and into people's hands that they might study the different areas of ministry. It says, here it is again, another statement. How could I be sure? Another statement. What should I do? See, when you got this relationship with God and you know what you've been called to do, and this is, I'm telling you, when it comes to ministry, listen, you got folks that's lifelong seekers of what am I supposed to do? Good God Almighty. Mm, mm, mm. Please let that soak in. They are lifelong seekers of what now listen, if God gave you the gift of of hospitality, where you know you're friendly, our usher, we've got uh Sister Sharon on the door. Oftentimes she's uh the usher on the door. You've got another person been in that ministry for a while, Sister Brenda, been in that ministry for a while. Uh matter of fact, Kyrie, he he stands on the door sometime. Uh we have different folks who fill in here and there. That's that's their thing. They love. That's their ministry. Then, listen, you don't have to seek for nothing else. If God, watch this, if God really wants you to do something, you can't get around it. You know how the song goes. It says he's so big, you can't get around him. He's so deep, you can't get under him. So wide, you can't go around him. Whatever. Listen, when God wants you to do something, you can't get You're going to know this is what God has called me to do. In the meantime, in between time, please read your word and do what it says that you're supposed to do. Don't beat yourself up wondering if, oh, am I supposed to be in deliverance ministry? Oh, am I supposed to be preaching? Oh, am I supposed to be an evangelist? Oh, am I supposed to be a Sunday school teacher? Or am I? Listen, your job, if God wants you to do it, he'll put... Listen, he'll put a burning bush in front of you. You think Moses knew that he was supposed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? No, 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 no. He will, listen, he'll call you. He'll send for you. You'll know without a shadow of a doubt, like when he sent for me. At the most unopportune time, he sends for you. And you'll go, listen, you're going in the wrong direction. Listen, I got somewhere I want you to go. Listen, I got something you want you to do. In the meantime, listen, keep being loving. In the meantime, listen, sometimes we may aspire to do something and then want to put it off on God. You, He was praying, and then when God started to move him into deliverance ministry, he'll put people in your path to encourage. And when you keep getting people in your path to encourage, maybe guess what? That's your gifting. You're an encourager. Yeah, he keeps giving you opportunity to stand before the congregation and exhort. Maybe you're an exhorter. When you find that exhortation flows out of you, woo, like water out of a pitcher, like water in a river, when it's easy for you to do, whoa, I just started flowing in that thing. Listen, God has given you a gift. In this particular ministry, he put somebody in his mind, he, in, in, in his prayer. He started answering the prayer and saying, guess what? I'm giving you the answer to this man's problem. Do you believe that God would waste his precious time giving you the answer to a problem that he doesn't want you to solve? Think about it. Come on, like a biscuit in, the, in good gravy. Just let that thing soak in. I don't know if you like that or not. I keep using that reference. You might like syrup in a waffle. But our, our biscuits and gravy, that's just a good good meal. My baby likes that, too. She likes that biscuit and gravy where you pour that, that ground beef and that creamy gravy all on top of those biscuits, open those biscuits up. You can do it with toast also or bread. But when you do it with biscuits, it's really good, especially when you got good flaky biscuits. And you take that gravy. You can do that with cream chip beef, too. Just take it and, and just spread it all over the top of it. And don't eat it too fast. Let it soak in. Let that soak in. So then when you eat it, they have kind of congealed together, and, and the biscuit uh, got the, the gravy and the, and the seasonings, and it's all down into the biscuit. And then when you eat it, it just, to me, it tastes better that way. That's how you got to do this word. 
You got to let this this relationship that you got with God, you got to let this thing soak in where you're not beating yourself up all the time, where you're not asking yourself all these questions all the time, where you're not wondering this and wondering that. Listen, I got a relationship with God. I know what he told me to do. I know where he's directing me. So you start moving in that direction. Somebody say amen. Amen. How can I be sure? You're sure because of your relationship. What should I do? You got to listen to God for direction. God will not let you go wrong. Jonah, listen, you go the wrong way if you want to. Jonah, in the book of Jonah, he started heading towards Tarshish. God wanted him to go to Nineveh. Listen, God, if God needs you to do something, he will get you in the right direction. You better read that story. I got it written down. I'm not going to go there. We're going to move on. Listen, here it is. It says, the impression to share, the impression to share my revelation, the impre- I'm, I'm just reiterating, the impression to share my revelation with Fred would not go away. Help me, Holy Ghost. It would not go away. Watch this. Read to the period. It grew stronger. See, stop beating yourself up wondering. He asked all these questions. I numbered them. I I think I got six questions there. He starts asking more down at the bottom of this page. But but listen, six different questions you're asking. Listen, you better understand, God is not going to let you go wrong too long. One day when when they were together, I cautionly, and see, again, when it comes to ministry, some folks, they they just trying to drop bombs on people and they're not prepared for them. You need to be mindful of people's feelings and things of that nature, but you've got to get this word out. I've got to get this to you. Listen, uh, after service today, we need to talk for a moment. Why? Because this is something that's burdening me and that, that you're going to ruin your opportunity if you keep going in the direction that you're going. I've got to talk to you. Talk to him privately. He said cautiously he done this. Now, again, we're going into these details. Why? Because when you're in ministry, some people cannot handle what God is doing in your life on their behalf. Good God Almighty, let that sink in. Sometimes people cannot handle what God is doing in your life on their behalf. So he's speaking to you to help them, and they don't understand it. Why? Because they're not there in their walk with God. So it's time for you to take ministry seriously. It's time for you, again, cautionly, he approached him. I've been praying for, for you each day. Now, I love this because it's showing us in deliverance ministry, it is saturated in prayer. He didn't go into a long dissertation about how much you need to pray, but you're going to find out things happen different for you when you saturate them in prayer. I'm going right back to my example, the biscuits and the gravy, and, and, and it tastes to me. Now, some folks may want their biscuit a little crunchier, so they're going to eat it quickly. I want mine saturated. I want it, I want it soaked in. I'm, I'm sorry that it's messing you up because you got gravy and biscuits on your mind or chip beef and, and, and biscuits on your mind, but it's the example that, 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 that comes to mind because I'm an eating kind of person, all right? He's saturated in prayer. I've been praying for you each day. When the person comes to you with the issue, you begin to pray. And this is why, again, the church should be filled with prayer warriors. The church should be filled with intercessors. When we hear it, we don't listen. Soon as you hear it, you start praying. Oh, you hear so-and-so is running for president. Good God Almighty, I can't believe. Listen, you just start praying. I posted it on the on the Facebook uh, website. I had it posted that um, there is a con- collection of churches that are now getting together every Wednesday to pray. And if you can be a part of that prayer concern, I wrote it down today. I made me a paper as I was praying. We're fasting and praying every Wednesday. The prayer that we're fasting uh, the prayer that we are praying as we fast and pray, it, 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 it reads this way, and I'm going to read it slowly so you can write it down. Um, and you can write the, the gist of it. It says here, we continue to stand together believing Almighty God to rain down. We've got these areas. It says justice. Healing, 
restoration, and righteousness. We continue to stand together, believing Almighty God to rain down justice, healing, restoration, and righteousness in our nation. You know this is going to be powerful. If you get all these churches, and I'm talking all these members, just to begin to bombard heaven, let me tell you something. You're going to see a change. You're going to see a dramatic change. We continue to stand together, believing Almighty God to rain down justice, healing, restoration, and righteousness in our nation. Then it gives us three areas. You can break it down to two words per area, or it's a brief statement, because I'm always breaking it down uh, brief so I can, again, memorize it. Spiritual awakening, that's a brief. Spiritual awakening is number one, beginning first in the U.S. that affects the globe. I say spiritual awakening. That's number one. Spiritual awakening, beginning first in the U.S., that affects the globe. And you know what we do in the United States, they follow us everywhere else. Number two, unity and peace. That's the short of it. Unity and peace within urban centers in the U.S. Unity and peace. We're praying for unity and peace because it's so much confused. It's nothing but the enemy, and folks keep looking at people. You've got to look at the enemy. You've got to fight the enemy that's in front of you. You're fighting an enemy that you, listen, that's not the enemy that you're fighting if you're fighting a fleshly, if you're looking at a person, if you're calling out her and you're calling out him, you've got to recognize what you're dealing with and you've got to deal with it in the spirit. When he heard that his friend was having a headache, he began to pray. When he began to pray, God gave him an answer. When we begin to pray, God's going to give us an answer. All right? Number three, and I'm going to leave this alone, economic revival. Because you want to talk about something that's going to really mess us up, let us go into an economic downturn. And you're talking about, I don't care how much money you have in the bank, you better have some cash in hand. And if you got so much cash in hand, again, you're going to be a target. So we just do not want an economic downturn. We do not want a recession or a depression in the United States. So economic revival in the United States. All right? Every Wednesday. If you could focus yourself, if you can fast and pray, that's going to make it even that much more powerful. Why? Because the Bible says certain things only go out by fasting and praying. Certain demons ain't going to leave. I don't care how much you pray and lay hands in Ika Shabbat or Rosh Shabbat. Listen, it ain't going nowhere. The Bible says, this is what God told us, that certain things you're going to have to turn down your plate. Certain things you say, you know what, breakfast, you're going to have to wait. Lunch, you're going to have to wait. Dinner, wait until later. I can't eat now. Sun up to sun down. Fast and pray and believe God for what? Justice, healing, restoration, and righteousness in this nation. Spiritual awakening, unity and peace, and economic revival. All right? Sidebar, that was a commercial right there. All right, back into the book. It says, uh, we're in that second paragraph. He cautiously approached him. He says, I've been praying for you each day. And the other day the Lord told me what the problem was. I paused for Fred's reaction. I'm not rushing and bombarding this. If you're doing ministry, listen, you can't just bombard a person and say, listen, you're you're demonically uh, being influenced. Sometimes people cannot handle that. So he cautionedly, once he told him that God had given him, he paused and waited for the reaction. If you're going to be involved in ministry, listen, we're going through uh, ministry 101 right here. Then you know he had his attention. He says, well, praise the Lord. This is what Fred said. Well, praise the Lord, he said. What did the Lord tell you? This is when you work with somebody or you're talking to somebody that you have confidence in. You know this person prays. You know, listen, you know this person got a connection with God. You pray with them before, or you've seen them do ministry before, and you've seen the outcome. Listen, the, the, the best outcome that you can see to know that a person is real and they're powerful in the Lord is that something they prayed for came to pass. When they laid hands, guess what? There was a healing. The, the revelation that they gave you, the, 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 the prophecy that they spoke into your life, it came to pass. 
What did the Lord tell you? Now, Fred, I don't know what you will think of this. I offered, choosing his words as carefully as he knew how. But the Lord told me, your headaches are caused by a demon. So he had to bring it out. He let him know. And and Fred dropped down to the bottom of that paragraph. I want this thing cast out of me. And this is what you're waiting for, for people to tell you. Listen, if you got the, the confidence in God and they got the confidence in God and you both know how, thank you, Holy Ghost, you both know how to keep private things private, this is confidentiality 101 that I, I'm telling you I'm dealing with something and I want you to pray with me that this thing is going to leave and I don't have to worry about this popping up in anybody else's ears and we put our prayers together. Listen, I'm expecting to see demons move. The, the key is you got to get folk that's ready to be delivered. you got to get folk that's willing to say that, you know what, this is a demonic presence in my life, and this is bugging me. This is causing me to be distracted when I'm supposed to be on point. I'm supposed to be on target. I've got things that I want to do in my sight, and I'm putting it in my sight, but I can never reach. I'm not hitting the target that I'm going for. The Bible says that Paul says something like this. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He's mo- Listen, I'm moving towards something. I'm not trying to stay stagnant. And when you're moving towards something, listen, I don't care what it is. If it's in my way, I want to move. Why? Because I'm pressing towards a mark of a prize of a high calling in Christ Jesus. He says, I want this thing out of me. I'm, I'm glancing at one of my notes. Amen. Let's move on. So here, what are we looking at? Watch this. Matthew, and I'm going to go back to BibleGateway.com. BibleGateway.com. Let's look at Matthew real quick. Again, you should be in the uh, book of Matthew. And and I love this scripture because, again, sometimes you'll see, I, I, I don't know whether it's showboating uh, whether it's for the sake of impact, um, when it comes to ministry, many times when Jesus cast out a demon, uh, it was not wordy. It says, uh, Matthew eight sixteen, when when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast them out, cast out the spirits with his word. And healed all that were sick. Uh, I'm looking at another translation, verse number 16. He relieved the inwardly tormented. Uh, Looking at the Amplified versions. And it says, many who were under the power of demons, and he cast out the evil spirits with a word. Now again, Demon, uh, uh, co-pastor, uh, when she was a part of, um, what was the name of that? Well Women, Well, Well Women Ministry. I cannot think of the name of it. Women Worth Much. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Women Worth Much Ministry. She was a part of this play. And when they did a play, they would cast out different, uh, ailments. Um, whether it was low self-esteem, whether it was doubt, whether it was anger. And when she would do her part, she was actually the doctor part, and she would say, uh, low self-esteem, out. Uh, um, drug addiction, out. Anger, out. And this is the confidence that, that you've got to start having that with a word, Whatever's in this individual has got to go when you call that demon out. When you call that demon spirit out, whether it's addiction, whether it's suicidal, I call it out in the name of Jesus. I call him out and all of his partners. If it's legions of angels, I do warfare with my brothers and sisters against the legions that have been assigned to this congregation. Good God Almighty. 
You got to listen. You got to speak this thing. When you believe, when, when you came into God, you came in believing, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. So as you live this thing out, you don't come in believing and then stop believing. Help me, Holy Ghost. You've got to believe throughout. So what winds up happening is you start to operate in this belief system, and when you speak it, Matthew eight sixteen, you cast it out with your word. You cast it out with your confidence in your belief in God. You get from God through your belief system. At the bottom of page 106, it says, And I went right to prayer, asking God to lead me to a deliverance minister. And the Lord said, you do it. See, this is, listen, you got a relationship with God. Many times we are putting too much emphasis and too much uh, reliability. You, we, we're giving the people too much power. When God says, this is not a relationship any longer with Moses to the larger body of Israel. This is not a relationship anymore with judges to the larger body of Israel. This is not a relationship anymore with just the church as a unit and then speaking to the larger body of the church. God is having a relationship with each individual. God says, I'm going to infuse each individual with my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to have conversations with each individual. Now, what's happening is that there is something breaking down in that communication. I, I pray that you don't say that it's God not talking. No, God is willing to talk to you if you talk to him. So I prayed again. I'm looking at the bottom of page 106. I prayed again, and then what did I do? I carefully explained to the Lord how <laughs> unqualified I was. Come on, Moses. Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. I, it said, read. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. I ain't going to rush this thing. Exodus chapter 4. Okay? And I am going to I'm going to streamline it. I'm, please, please help me to stay obedient, Holy Spirit. Uh, 10 through 14. I started to punch in just 14 and, and, and dibble and dabble. But Moses... He ran through. These are the examples that we have. Uh, 10 through 14, what does it say? And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, I am, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf? or seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? See, listen, this, well, Pastor, why are you reading that? Everybody knows that story. No, you need to hear it again, because just yesterday you made excuses. Just this morning you made excuses. You need to read it over and over again. Why? Because sometimes you can hit this thing, and it's not sinking in. My prayer is tonight that this word is falling into good soil. I speak it in the name of Jesus that even the stony soil, the thorny soil, the wayside soil is being converted even as I speak to good soil in the name of Jesus. And that the word of God, good seed, is falling into the soil of man, good soil, good word falling into good soil. Good seed in the good soil is going to germinate and to bear fruit. What is the fruit? That the manifestations of what God said you could be is going to start to be manifested in your life when you start letting this word sink deep into your soul. Listen, the, the, the enemy comes in and when it falls into that wayside soil and snatches it away. Say, whoa, pastor was on fire last night. Oh, he, that was a good lesson. Yes, but nothing is being done with what was said. Good God Almighty. What good is a good sermon? What good is a good song? What good is a good teaching if nothing's being done that was taught, that was preached, that was sung? Oh, didn't he sound good? Didn't he sound good? Ooh, he sounded good. But no manifestation in the natural. Okay? You read on, it says, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee 
what thou shalt say. See, this is what's got to happen. You've got to get obedient to what God has already told you to do. And when you go, I, I don't know if you read it or not, but if, if you didn't, I'm going to read it again to you. It says you've got to go. And when you go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to teach you as you go. But many times what happens is we sitting and waiting for God to do something in us and, and, and not going anywhere. When it says wait on the Lord, it's not for you to sit with your legs crossed and wait for God to do something. God is waiting for you to start moving in a direction, and I'm going to go with you. And he said, oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And then verse number 14 says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron thy, the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. When he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Good God Almighty. Now, if that don't give you the confidence about who our God is and how much our God knows, he knows everything. He knows the beginning from the ending. He knows the top from the bottom. He knows the inside from the outside. He's waiting for us to have confidence that when God says do it, you just do it, and he'll be with you. My confidence is that he's going with me. The key is you got to get self out of the way. Also, for your reading pleasure, please read Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. I'm going to peep at it real quick. Please read Jeremiah. Help me, Holy Ghost. Keep me, Lord. And that's verses 4 through 10. Okay, I punched in something wrong. One. Oh, I put two colons instead of a dash. And now this is going to pull up a single book. And Oh, nope, it pulled up all five. Okay, great. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified. Good God Almighty, you better hear that. I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Watch this. What am I showing you? Another excuse from a mighty man of God. The people of God, doubting God. Hell, ho, I, I understand what you just said, but I'm, I, I cannot speak well. It's not about my education. It's not about your abilities. It's not about your connections. It's not about your, your ability to network. It's about you being obedient to what God has called you to do and going forth. And as you go forth, you'll find out God goes with you. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. Good God. See, that's revelation to us because that's where many of us still are, where you're looking at people and because of their response, because of their reaction, I, I, I just don't feel confident doing it because the way he's looking at me. You got to be able to look in the eyes of a person who is not supporting you and see the demon that's controlling them and get mad at the demon and look straight through them at the demon and in your spirit, man, speak to that demon and tell that demon, be gone in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Be bound in Jesus' name. That's your confidence. When you look through their expression, see, you get a... a Help us, God, to get out of the flesh. Help us, Father, in the name of Jesus, to get out of the flesh. I bind up fleshly spirits in the name of Jesus, uh, the spirit that keeps us wondering what we can do and how we can work it out and how we can manipulate circumstances to make it work out for our good, for our good. Things will work out for our good. Listen, it's going to work out for your good when you get in this relationship with God. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord 
put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, good God Almighty, and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Wow. Wow. Let that soak in. You Listen, please write both of those down. If you didn't get it, Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. So it says here at the bottom of 106, going to the top of page 107, it says, And I must sound worse than Moses at the burning bush, making excuses as to why he could not lead his people out of Egypt. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not asking you to preach. I'm not asking you to exhort. I'm not asking you to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to pray through you if you tune your ear into me. I'm going to use you to my glory if you avail yourself, if you surrender over to me, if you put your hands up and surrender unto me. Watch this. Many thoughts began, and, and here it is again. I didn't have it highlighted. I'm going, I'm going to highlight it right now because <laughs> I just glanced over it. I thought many thoughts began to turn over in my mind. Can we deal with that just for a moment? What would happen to me if, if I made a frontal attack against a demon spirit? What's going to happen to me? Is the demon going to come out? When is the last time you've seen a demon come out and beat somebody up? When is the last time you heard somebody saying that a demon crawled up on me um, after I cast it out, the demon came out and came and went in me. Yeah, you may have some dreams of some demonic spirits. Uh, when I was young, I used to have a, a, a devil dream. Um, matter of fact, uh, I was running in a ghost town, like a Texas ghost town. I was running from a demon in the ghostess, uh, ghostess, in the Texas ghost town kind of setting, and this demon, uh, demon like a devil demon that we know, pitchfork, and see, that's the weirdest thing, pitchfork kind of black shadow demon was chasing me, and I was a child, um, and, and I had that dream more than once, uh, did not plague me, did not give me any kind of nightmares or anything like that. At that point, it was a nightmare, but I didn't have um, um, reoccurring uh, thoughts uh, uh, when I move around, up oh, that demon that was in my dream, I didn't have that. However, you got to understand, that is definitely a trick from the enemy when you start talking about shadows and things of that nature kind of demon. The real demon you want to worry about is the demon that possesses your children. The real demon that you want to, the demon you cannot see, but the manifestation of them coming out in the characteristics of how your children display themselves or how your mate displays themselves, that, that's the demon that you really want to be concerned about. You want to be concerned about the demon that comes in that sharp suit, that demon that has that nice smooth line that he shoots you that line. That demon that comes in that pretty red dress and them high heel shoes and that red lipstick. You want to worry about those kind of demons, the demons that come in suits and, and have collars on and stand in the pulpit or stand on the front pew and pray, but they're demonically possessed. No, 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 not the devil, horns, a uh, 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 pitchfork tail, and things of that nature. You want to, you, the, the, the demon that you want to be concerned about is that demon you cannot see. We wrestle against not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness that's where? In high places. So when it comes to deliverance ministry, listen, is a demon going to come out? Many thoughts began to go over in my mind. What would happen if this demon, if I made this frontal attack against this demon spirit? Wouldn't they make a special target out of, man, what if, listen, the demon cannot possess me. He can whisper, good God Almighty, I'm all, listen, believer, I'm already possessed. 
I'm possessed by the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost is in me, now you got to speak for yourself. I don't have any rooms available. The Holy Ghost has this capacity in me. All my other rooms are filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled, watch this, with the Word of God. Filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the thoughts of God. I don't have any room for any demon. That's why I'm boldly, I'm Father, in the name of Jesus, every demon that's been assigned to anybody on this call, we bind our prayers together and fight against those demons. If they come this way, listen, they're going to run into the blood. I don't know if you've ever seen Star Trek or Star Wars, and they have these uh, uh, force shields. They go around the, the ship, and they always get into different positions where they're fighting. And, and they know if they put the force shield up, the people who are on the other planet will not be able to get back onto the ship. So they leave the force shield down until that last person. However, they're still in combat. So this other enemy is about to fire its weapon against the ship. Now, the shell of the ship could take a few uh, hits from this enemy's weapon, but they don't want to have to sustain too many hits by this enemy ship. So they want to get the force shield up. They want to get the people back on the ship first, and then as soon as they get it up, they put the force shield up. And usually the setting is like a cliffhanger setting, and, and they have you waiting and wondering, uh, they're going to be able to get back on the ship. And then as soon as that person gets on the ship, boom, they put the force shield up, and bam, they fire their weapon, and the, the weapon bounces off the force shield. What are you saying, Pastor? That I plead the blood of Jesus over the body of Christ in which he has made me a leader. I plead the blood of Jesus over those who will participate from other branches of Zion who are on this call tonight. I plead the blood of Jesus over him. What is that? That's that force shield that the enemy cannot penetrate. Here it is, you're involved in ministry, and here it is, you're concerned. Here it is, you're worrying. Here it is, you're putting, watch, you're putting stumbling blocks in your own way. I'm writing it down right now, 810, right here. We're stopping right here. 810, God willing, we'll pick it up right there. A week later, I talked to Fred again. That paragraph looked like the beginning of the third paragraph. What we've got to do is stop the doubt. What we've got to do when it comes to you being a part of ministry, the question that we asked at the beginning, should I be a deliverance minister? Should you be in this kind of ministry? Listen, if you, got a, if you deal with a whole lot of doubt, if you keep wondering and wishing, and uh, uh, I wonder if this is going to happen, I wonder if that's going to happen, listen, you, is, you're going to answer it for yourself. No, you should not be a part of deliverance ministry. Why? You're going to worry yourself to death. You're going to worry yourself into inviting a demon into you. When you're in deliverance ministry, you've got to have the confidence that, guess what, I'm covered in the blood. You've got to have the confidence that the word that I'm, that I'm wielding, what do you, why do you say wielding, Pastor? Why? Because the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's your confidence. And when I wield it, I know what I'm doing, and I have the confidence that i got the backup, and that's God. You, you swipe that credit card. When you swipe that credit card, guess what? You, you ain't worried about it. Why? Because the bank account is backing it up. I know the money is there. Swipe it again. You have some folks when they get up and they swipe the card and they say, okay, they put that card away and they bring out another card. Why? Because they know the money is not there. They ain't got the backup. When you start speaking things that God tells you to speak, you ain't worried about it because you got it backed up. Backed up how? I got it backed up in the Holy Ghost. I got it backed up with God the Father Almighty. I got it backed up with Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand doing intercession. Let's pray. Father, we just bless your name for tonight. We praise you. We thank you, O oh God, for giving us ministries. Whatever ministry you place us in, God, we pray that you will continuously press it upon our heart that we might be confident in what you have called us to do. We pray right now for each and every person that's under the sound of my voice that they will receive Deliverance from every demonic presence, any persuasion, any influence by demonic presence. We bind it in the name of Lord Jesus. We cast it far from them. 
We pray, O oh God, they're being loosed from every spirit that's unlike you, praying that they will receive more of the Holy Spirit, even the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that your spirit might saturate them. We pray for their families, and we do warfare on behalf of their families, that their families might represent you well, that you will be proud to call them your children. We pray, O oh God, for this nation. We pray, O oh God, for justice, healing, and restoration and righteousness. We pray for spiritual awakening and unity and peace and economic revival in the United States in the name of Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, saints of God. Thank you for sharing in the Bible study. Uh, we'll talk to you again, God willing, 810, August the 10th, uh, 730. Have a good evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.